Hey friend, thanks for checking out the Crosspoint Church podcast. It's our hope that these messages will encourage you to grow and thrive in your relationship with Christ. You can find more like this at thecrosspoint.com. So today, uh, I'm starting my life group. I know many of you are as well, just looking forward to that. What are life groups? This is where we gather around God's Word, but we do real life together. So we have 70-something life groups. So appreciate, man, you guys that are leading, hosting. You are my heroes. I just thank God for you because you're helping us to care for others. This is the primary way that we care for one another at Crosspoint. Just, we can't hire enough pastors to do that. So that's why we need each other. So many of you have found that life groups are that place where you can do real life together, help one another, encourage one another, do all those one another's of the New Testament. But perhaps some of you go, I'm just, I'm not ready for that. I'm not, that's just too much of a commitment. That's why we do things like these classes, money life, men's Bible study, short six-week Dip your toe in the water, the shallow end. But we hope you get into the deep end eventually and get in a life group. That's our hope. But these short-term classes are a way for you to connect with others, whether it's a young adults retreat or a ladies retreat. Those are on-ramps to get in and do real life together. So we are in this series called Body and Soul. I am just so looking forward to getting into this letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to Christians in Colossae, which is modern-day Turkey. And you're going to get like a triple dip on uh, these few weeks because our men's Bible study is in Colossians. Uh, We're also doing it on Wednesday nights. Colossians, you're going to do it in life groups. Colossians, by the time this is over, you go, I got it, man. I got it. I think I know. Uh, that's our hope. Yeah, we're intentional. We want, to, we want you to really understand. That's where the power is. That's how we understand who Jesus is and what, what he's done for us. So in our passage today, we're looking at something in verses 9 through 14 in chapter 1. I was thinking about this and thinking about how a few weeks ago I went uh, camping Uh, I should say glamping in an RV uh, with my extended family. So my brothers and all their kids, so it was a big passel of us, had mostly good times, no major drama broke out, so that was a victory. Uh, But you know, you get to the end of the week when you're camping or glamping, and you have leftovers. You have a little bit of this and that, and by the time the, the camping is just about over, it's like, please eat this, we don't wanna take it with us. So, you know, the last meal at camping, it's like beanie weenies, watermelon, taco salad, pickles, and then you put a big quart of sweet iced tea on top of that, and then s'mores to top it off. And then you're just like, oh, about an hour later, why did I eat that? So you reach for the Tums to try to deal with the antacid. And, and I was thinking about that, thinking about how sometimes we, we try to fix the symptoms rather than fixing the cause. The, what, what we did, how we ate that, like what comes first, chili or heartburn? Come on, class. Yeah, the chili comes first, then the heartburn. So we try to deal with the heartburn when we should deal with, maybe we shouldn't eat quite so much chili with onions and all that. Oh, you can, we can do that in life, that we can deal with the 
cause or the effect. And sometimes when we're looking at Christianity, we focus on the results and we're not thinking about what happened that that we're like that, which comes first. I was thinking about that as, as it relates to our life together as a church. I came in Wednesday and I was kind of discouraged, just feeling a little heavy from problems in life and helping people and talking with people. And I was like, man, in some ways it's like, okay, here we go. I know I should be there on Wednesday nights. I'm the pastor, I need to show up. But I got here and we were having our first Wednesday dinner. I walk into the room and people are serving and they're not grumpy servers. They're happy servers. And they're not faking it. They're just like, man, it's good to see you. And they're dishing out this stuff. And man, it was good food and talking with folks. And there was just a general sense of life and joy. And I was starting to get my courage back. And then I walked into the worship center and I looked up at the front. And there at the front, I snapped this picture. And I'm no photographer. You're going to believe me when, I, when you see this. But I saw these students up here at the front, unprompted, praying, making a circle, and praying that we would encounter Jesus on Wednesday nights. Nobody asked him to do it. Nobody said, hey, we need to get all the students up there and you guys need to pray. Nobody did that. I know some of them are hoping to, you know, they're like praying for a steady out of this as we, you know, holding hands. Oh, ooh, hallelujah, I'm feeling heaven. I know, but listen, listen, I don't care. At least they're doing that rather than sitting at home playing Xbox. You know, it's like, yes, that's what revival looks like. So then we got into the service and then there's a, a girl named Layla, and she's up here leading worship. She's 12 years old. And I remembered, my mind went back to, to the moment that I dedicated her in this room to Jesus. I'm seeing her up here, and man, I'm, I'm starting to cry now because I'm, I'm just like, Jesus, there's people, there's kids that are still loving you, man. And then we had our a panel discussion, and people were talking about advancing the gospel in their spheres of influence. You need to see that. Go back and see Wednesday night. And I was thinking about all that. I was saying, God, please spill that over into Sunday. Let us sense the joy of being together and this intention about praying together and praying for God's power. But the only way that can happen is if God sovereignly moves inside. I can't mandate that stuff. I wish I could. I wish we could just say, we're going to make a rule. I want all the students up here 20 minutes before church, and you better be here. You're going to get a demerit. You better pray, man. And I want, to, I want to make sure we have students on the worship team and people ought to be sharing the gospel in the world. But all those rules would not bring the kind of results we want. I can't mandate that stuff. It has to, has to be birthed from somewhere else. There has to be a cause before there's an effect. And I th this is what's been on my heart as I was looking at this passage this week and, and studying these verses. I begin to see how that there is a cause and effect. And I think the Apostle Paul is trying to help us understand something happened to us when we got saved that began to bring results in our life. And he's praying. He starts thinking about these Christians in Colossae. He never met them. He's heard of their faith. 
Perhaps there were some that came from Ephesus that went to Colossae, not that far away in modern Turkey. And they started these home fellowships that became this thriving church. And he's hearing about them and he starts praying. And he shares with them his prayer. And you can see this in Colossians chapter one. He says, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, since I heard about you, heard about your faith, heard about your conversion, we have not stopped praying for you. And what is he praying? I'm asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Let's stop there, because this is a long sentence. Let's go back to that verse. So there's a comma there. This is one long sentence, man. But he starts by saying, I want you to know God's will. Oh, I want to know God's will for my life as well. And it's, and it's encouraging to know I can know God's will because it's summed up here. He says, I want you to walk. I want you to walk worthy. So let's go on to the next verse. You may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, may please him in every way. This is God's will. Bearing fruit in every good work, growing, somebody say growing, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have full endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father. So this is God's will. This is God's will for us. It can be summed up really in three words that I pulled from the Apostle Paul's prayer. First of all, that you grow. God wants me to grow. He doesn't want you to just get saved, get your ticket to heaven, and never show up again. No, you're supposed to grow. Grow, get roots, start bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. You need to know more about God because we don't get it at first. Grow and then persevere. Not just start the race, finish. Persevere in suffering. Endure hardship like a good soldier, as he says in another spot. And give thanks. Be a thankful kind of people. Not, not a grumpy Christian. There's no room for that. We ought to be the kind that's giving thanks for what, what God has done. There is a cause and there is effect. As I was looking at this, I kind of scribbled some notes on the scriptures here. And I know this is kind of confusing, but I just wanted you to see Here's the prayer, and here's the effect first. This is what I'm hoping is happening you, happening in you, that you're walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, pleasing him in every way, bearing fruit, every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened, enduring, giving thanks. Why? Because something happened to you. God the Father has qualified you to share in the, herit in the inheritance of the saints in light. Something happened to these Christians that as a result, he's saying, I pray you grow in the knowledge of God's will for you, that you grow, that you endure, and that you're a thankful kind of Christian. This is essentially what Christianity is about. Uh, if you're looking in on Christianity, you may think that it's about rules. Oh, you Christians, you just have so many rules. I mean, even in this verse, it sounds like it's saying, grow up, walk worthy, persevere, be strong. And sometimes I do need to hear that. Come on, be strong, 
Let's go. Stand in the full armor of God. But if you're not hearing the whole story, you'll miss the point. You'll miss that, first of all, something has to happen here that brings about the results that we're talking about. So I'm praying that if you are just looking in on Christianity today, that you'll hear the rest of the story that God's will for you is that, first of all, something happens to you and me that as a result, we grow, we persevere, and we give thanks because this is essential Christianity, that something happened to us when we got born again. And it begins here. God qualified us. God qualified us. Qualified us for what? Uh, We're gonna talk about that. What does that mean? He qualified us. You know, sometimes, we are qualified for something we don't really want. It's not that great. I was thinking about that, thinking about a vacation we took and we were on the lake and so we went to the local grocery store to buy some groceries, filled up the buggy and we get to the cashier and we're checking out and she goes, that'll be a, a bazillion dollars. You know, that's what it is now, groceries. She said, with your senior discount though, I'm, you know, it's this much off. And she says, you know, just, you have your ARP card with you. And I go, thanks, but I'm not there yet. (laughs) (laughs) To which she said, oh, don't be silly. Never mind. I'll give it to you anyway. (laughs) And I was like, I started wanting, I wanted to get, I wanted to argue with her. I'm like, No, I wanted to get out my driver's license and say, I am not qualified for senior discount. (laughs) That's the first and the last time this man has ever turned down a discount. I just tell you right now, it's like, I I don't want to qualify for that. And I think sometimes we can be that way when we look at the Bible and we read a phrase like this. And we think, okay, we're qualified for the inheritance of the saints. Like, do you have anything else, God? I mean, that just doesn't sound that exciting. I mean, is that like heaven's reward someday? I I know, but how about, you know, just the BMW right now? You know, could I just have my share now? But I think it's because we don't understand this. We don't get this. That Paul is praying, I want you to know. I want you to increase in the knowledge of God so that you can know these things and walk this way and persevere because God has qualified you. What does he qualify? How has he qualified me? Well, did you catch what he says? He says that qualified to share in the inheritance of the saints. Some of us, you come from a background, you think about saints, you think, oh yeah, St. Jude, St. Timothy, St. Paul, but I'm not that. No, you are. The word means set apart. It means my holy ones. And we look at our lives and say, well, I'm certainly not that. That's because you don't know, you don't understand what God has done for you. This is also for St. Bonnie, St. Joe, St. Becky, St. Cass, St. 
KKK. I mean, it's like, this is across the spectrum. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you are a saint. I know you don't believe it, but it's true. He's saying, I want you to know, I want you to understand, you're not just a sinner saved by grace. We need to lose that phrase. You're not just a sinner. You might sin, I sin, but I'm still a saint. I know, okay, so we don't get it yet, but we're gonna get it, hopefully. Paul is saying that because the Father has qualified us, we have equal shares, equal access to God. There are no stepchildren. There are no Christians who get half access. Like Sundays and Wednesdays, we're good, but the rest of the week, you're on your own. No, that's not the way God works. You have been qualified. In the world, there are so many reasons why we are disqualified. Can we talk about that? Now somebody says, oh, you went to what high school? Oh, I'm sorry. You know, oh, oh, your parents were divorced? Oh, you have that on your record? You're an ex-convict? Oh, we can't hire you. We can get so many reasons on why we're disqualified. And then we begin to own that. I'm an ACOA. I'm an adult child of an alcoholic. My father abandoned me. And I'm not minimizing, my friends, what has happened to you. I know a lot of stories. I know how many of you have been, you've suffered emotional abuse, sometimes spiritual power abuse physical, sexual. So th these are big things, but my friends, you are not permanently disqualified from God's goodness toward you. Surely goodness and mercy should follow me all the days of my life. We sang that, that because of God the Father, we are not permanently disqualified. Because of Jesus, we have a share in the inheritance of the saints, not just in the kingdom to come, but right now, love, joy, peace in the Holy Ghost. But who has qualified us? Did you catch it? Doesn't even use the word Jesus. Very important. As we go through Colossians, we're gonna see it's all about Jesus. But right here, Paul is very specific. He says, the Father has qualified us. Who has qualified us? The Father who is richer than Elon Musk and Bill Gates put together. The Father who is kinder than TV dad Carl Winslow. The, the Father who is not Lame like Homer Simpson. He's not jealous like Darth Vader. I tell you, he's a good, good father. That's who he is. And he qualified you. How has he done that? How has the father qualified us? Well, he says, here's what he's done for us. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness, transferred us, in the kingdom of his beloved son. Domain of darkness. So this is, this is what happens when you become a Christian. God takes you from a domain of darkness. We don't, we don't understand that because it's a world we can't see, and it happens here. 
and happen spiritually, live in the same body, but something happened. God takes you from a domain of the literal Darth Vader, Satan himself, where you had no power over your life. I know all of you who aren't Christians, you go, no, I'm in control. I tell my body what to do. Do you really? Do you really? I know when I look in the mirror and I say, you're getting younger, you're looking awesome, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. My body has a dominion of its own. And in the, so it is in the spiritual realm when you say, well, I have power, I can, really? How's that working for you? Do you really have power over yourself? We're under the domain of darkness. But God, the Father, qualified us and he has delivered. That's past perfect tense. That means something happened at some time in the past when you gave your life to Christ, he delivered you. He took you out of one place and put you in another. Like being delivered from Mordor to Rivendell. Okay, you guys don't know Lord of the Rings. So, it's like this. I was, I was raised in Northwest Louisiana. They had three seasons, hot, hotter, and deer season. <laughs> and I heard about places where, like in the Midwest, where trees turn from green to crimson and gold, and pumpkins and apple cider, campfires, Jack Frost nipping at your nose. I heard about that, but I'd never seen it. And then I got delivered. I got delivered from the South to the Midwest. I see, it's really true, but I couldn't imagine it. I'm, staying, I'm in, you know, Louisiana with a campfire and I'm sweating, you know. I'm saying, this is not fun. And you can't conceive it as you look in on Christianity, you think, I don't get it. That's because you haven't been delivered yet. You haven't been rescued. When you trust Jesus Christ completely and you begin to share in the kingdom of Jesus, that because of what Jesus did on the cross, it says his redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Do you know what that feels like? When God starts redeeming your past, undoing the powers of darkness in your life and forgiving you of your sins, man. I'm telling you, it's, it is amazing grace. When you know that you're really forgiven, really forgiven. God is, he's delivered me. But we don't, we're not there yet because Paul is praying, as I write to you, I'm hoping you get this. I'm praying that God would open the eyes of your heart. You begin to see that he has delivered you. He has qualified you. He's purchased this freedom for you through the cross that you can be clean and accepted in the beloved. You have equal access with all the other Christians. But we forget. It's been a while since I talked about my little boy, Odie. So I'm gonna talk about him today. Some of you have heard this story. So Odie, you know, when he, he came into our life when he was eight ounces. There was a person in the daycare, found him at the local gas station. He was wandering around begging food. 
She picked him up, put him in a cardboard box. She couldn't keep him at the apartment complex where she was. So brought him to the daycare and was hoping that somebody would take him. Well, my wife was here. My wife was here, and she saw this little guy, eight ounces, he had mange, and he's, but he's just like bouncing up and down, and she fell in love. And she came into the office. I, I was having a staff meeting, and she came in, and she goes, can we keep him? <laughs> Take him to the vet. Let's find out what's wrong, what diseases he has. Let's see what we can find out. And so, so we did, and he had no idea what he was about to be rescued to. He was rescued from wandering the night, trying to find food, and then the queen smiled on him. Yeah. Queen Becky. Queen Becky said, I'm going to rescue you and put you into the kingdom of the Craig family. He had no idea the joy that was about to break in upon his life. So we're proud of him, you know, and we, we give him his shots, we get him cleaned up, and uh, this, is, this is the after photo. This is what it looks like in a few months. He just turned into this beautiful prince. So we brought him to one of the fall fests here. We said, you know, we want to, we want to show him off. He's with, this is our boy, and he's been rescued. He's in a new kingdom now. He's such a good boy. So we bring him here to fall fest, and, but, and we're showing him off, and then he smells fried chicken. And somebody gets real close to him with a plate of fried chicken, and he reaches over and snatches a chicken wing. And I'm like, what? Odie, you're embarrassing me. How can you do this? And so we start trying to take the chicken bone away from him because it's not good for a little dog to have chicken bones. And, and we start to take it away and he goes, Rah! And just, like this monster German shepherd wants to jump out of him. And he nips at our, our guests there that were, I'm, I'm just so embarrassed. I'm saying, don't you know you've been rescued that your father has all the chicken you can eat at home? Why are you acting like this? But he forgot for a minute that he had been rescued and transferred into another kingdom. And we're like that sometimes. We forget. We're, we're like Odie, so we'll still act like we're starving to death. That God just has a limited amount of resources. That he's the, like the Olympic Committee. I've only got a gold, silver, and bronze. That's it. When God owns it all. And he says to each of us who come into the kingdom, there's a share for you and a share for you and a share for you. Equal access but we act like we've not been delivered. That's why Paul is praying, I want you to get this, I want you to understand, you have a share in the kingdom of light. I can begin to think sometimes that my God does not have enough. It's like I, I remember one time going to a conference and there was a pastor who stood up and started talking about how God was blessing their church and they were exploding in growth and so many good things happening. And said, we recently said this, this campus that you're in, one of our satellite campuses, uh, somebody, a business owner called us and said, we've got this vacant property, our headquarters building of this particular region. We don't need it anymore. We, we hear what God is doing in your church, and we just want to give it to you. Wow. 
And what am I thinking? I'm not, praise God for the kingdom. For a moment, what I thought, well, that's not happened to me. Where's mine? What am I doing? Suddenly, I put God in a little bitty box. Just got enough for a few people. Not enough for me. Paul says, I want you to enlarge your heart. See what the Father has qualified you to. See what he has delivered you from, rescued you from, and transferred into the inheritance of the saints and the kingdom of light. I have equal shares. But when I forget that, I give way to bitterness. I'm not joyful. I'm not thankful. I think, oh, it's just not enough. That's what happens when you try to qualify yourself. Have you ever tried to do that? Tried to measure why you're good enough? Look at the happy family on Instagram and then you look at yours. Look how many likes you have, how many friends you have. Or maybe you're on the other side and you, you look at you just go, oh, I'm good. I, I don't need some daddy in the sky. I don't, need, I don't need somebody else to tell me who I am, really. Isn't it crushing to try to qualify yourself? Isn't it hard? Doesn't it wear you out? You look at your body and you go, that six-pack abs, it's gone forever. And it crushes us as we're trying to qualify ourselves. But what if there was someone greater than you who qualified you? What if there was a father in heaven who was good, who has everything at his disposal, that he goes, you're qualified. You've been delivered. You've been transferred. Oh, but I still sin. I, I, I'm in celebrate recovery, man. I don't feel like I'm delivered. Yeah, but you're growing. Now you have a choice. You didn't used to have a choice. Have you heard addicts say that? I can't help it. I have no power. It's true. But when you are delivered, then you start recognizing you have a power to choose. And yeah, sometimes you fall, but you get up. Sometimes you're stingy. Sometimes you want to go grab a chicken wing when you shouldn't. But you get up and you start recognizing, God help me to understand who I am in Christ. If God qualified you, wouldn't that change the way you look at the world, how you worship, how you, whether or not you forgive people? Wouldn't it change the way you feel about what God has given you when you start being more thankful? I think we would. I was telling my wife the other day, I said, have you noticed how in the world you can do anything you want, everything is acceptable, but when you mess up, there's no grace, none. You're permanently disqualified, you're canceled. You can't be forgiven. 
oh, I for, no, forgiveness is, I, forgiveness means I'm gonna put you over here. And what a miserable thing it is to not have grace. But God welcomes us into a kingdom where there's nothing in your past that you've done. Doesn't matter what your lineage is, whether you were abandoned, all those things, are they mess with us, I get it. But it doesn't permanently disqualify you when God says, I qualify you. You have been delivered, you've been rescued. So live like it, so walk worthy, grow, persevere. And understand, it's already taken place. Something happened to you. Are you living like that? Are you living like God has delivered you from the ghetto to glory, from darkness to light, from ashes to beauty, from sinner to saint? Oh, man, he wants us to live like that. So I want us to pray together. You, you online, if you're watching, want us to pray for just a moment. Spend some time talking to our Father. You in this room. Oh God, our Father, we echo the words of the Apostle Paul. We pray, oh God, our Father, that we could know your will for us, that we would walk worthy of the calling, that we would bear fruit in every good work, that we would grow increasingly in the knowledge of God with endurance and patience, persevering under hardship, and then giving thanks because God has qualified us and you have delivered us from the kingdom of darkness, the domain of darkness into the kingdom of your son that you love by whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. Oh God, open the eyes of our heart. Please help us as your people that we would live like that. And Father, I would also ask for those who are just attempting to qualify themselves Say, no, I've got this. Oh, what a heavy weight that is. Lord, that they would see and understand how wonderful it is when we can look up and see someone bigger and greater and stronger, more powerful than us, who can look at us and say, I qualify you, and that's all that matters. And you deliver us. Lord, that they would be delivered this morning. This would be the moment they cross the line of faith and say, Yes, do it for me too. Deliver me, rescue me into the kingdom of your beloved son where we have equal access and acceptance by the Father. Let this be the moment for them and for us today. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for joining us. You can check out thecrosspoint.com for more resources like this.